And these are found in the book of Deuteronomy, which is the fifth book from the left side of your Bible. To, and you will see on the 32nd chapter, verses 39. And let me read that. Deuteronomy 32, 39. See now that I, even I am he, and there is no God beside me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. And there is none that can take, that can deliver out of my hand. For I lift up my hand to heaven and swear as I live forever. If I sharpen my flashing sword and my hand takes hold on judgment, I will take vengeance on my adversaries and will repay those who hate me. I will make my arrows drunk with blood and my sword shall devour flesh with the blood of the slain and the captives from the long-haired heads of the enemy. I would like to read uh, up to 43. Rejoice with him, O heavens. Bow down to him, all gods, for he avenges the blood of his children and takes vengeance on his adversaries. He repays those who hate him and cleanses his people's land. Praise be to God. The, our history, that means what happens in our world and also what happens in our own lives constantly challenges us to understand God deeper and also to widen our experience, our knowledge of Him. Sometimes we human beings are very limited in our intellect, in our ability to comprehend and understand things. So we adapt to the most comfortable mode. Many times we follow what we call a reductionism. That is a complex idea and we try to break it down and try to hold on to a simple bit or whatever we can chew and discard the other. What we need to know essentially And sometimes in, in trying to identify phone numbers, we ask people, don't ask, we don't usually. No, we have the number, but we had identified, but there is no name. So how do we know that person's name? So we would say that, for example, we say the last four digits. And we say the, the number with the last four digits belongs to him. And the last four digits belongs to somebody else. And then we may assign him to make this job simple. But we bring the same idea, same approach to our understanding of God. We don't grow in our knowledge of God. But God speaks through history. God speaks through world events. 
God speaks through our own experiences to understand him in your ways or challenges us to have a different growing widening knowledge of himself that is god's that the way god reveals to us many people have a one dimensional understanding of god just very flat understanding very simple understanding of god and that's how they are they are comfortable with that one aspect of god and nothing more an aspect of god that they are comfortable with but still can manage their life with that for example they would like to say that god is my the god is my helper and the god only helps in all times of needs god will help me and i'm not saying god is not helper please don't misunderstand me i'm saying god is helper but what i'm saying is when you are stuck with that god is my father god loves me one aspect but nothing more than that there are people who are have a round understanding of god there is a god who is smooth all over now rough edges you know it's easy to hold and easy to handle it's easy to god is it's something that you can very easily handle without causing any discomfort any pain a good illustration of these two opposite views from the bible would be job and job's wife there are two conflicting perspectives in the book of job i had already sent this passage to you to read and uh, I, you might have read it already and let me pull it up on my screen as well job chapter 2 verses 9 and 10 let me read it aloud then his wife said to him do you still hold fast your integrity curse and die but he said to her you speak as one of those foolish women would speak shall we receive good from god and shall we not receive evil in all this job did not sin with his lips now job was a rich man he was rolling in money that is the first chapter describes the his the amount of wealth he had in ancient times the wealth of a person was counted in the, in uh, terms of the do- the donkeys and horses and camels and all this and he had so many of them he lived in what is now called saudi arabia he was from that area he was from the east the bible says from the land of us which can be located in saudi arabia now in that terms he was a very rich sheikh one of the richest sheikhs muslim islamic or muslim wealthy man or arab wealthy man who ever lived 
probably i don't know there is no reason to support there is no point i mean there is no way i can support what i'm saying now that probably he was poor and god blessed him and he became rich but the story of job in the book of job tells us that uh, job was rich job is present as rich and job's wife probably was married to him when he was rich whether he inherited all his the wealth he has or whether he earned all the wealth he has she joined he she came into her his life when he was already rich probably her father was a another rich sheikh who chose a young rich sheikh as her, his uh, to be his brother in uh, sorry son in one thing seems to be clear from this is that job from what they said the conversation that we read right now it seems that job job's wife knew god only as the bestower of good things she only knew she has a view of god because she was born with a silver spoon in her mouth to a rich sheikh in a rich family she probably knew god she there is we are not saying that she didn't believe in god she believed in god she trusted in god uh, but her view of god was a side one sided because all her life born into wealth and continue to roll in wealth riches she probably knew only one side of god but from this conversation we also see that job had seen other side as well he asked should we not receive good from god and shall we receive good from god and shall we not receive from evil as well he said god gives good things and bad things too so here are we have two clash a clash of perspectives first to a clash of views on god for one the unnamed wife of the job by the way i should uh, uh, also with proud uh, recognize that uh, elizabeth blessen and her sister anna adrian they wrote a guide for book of job had book of job is part of the ma and ba curriculum of many universities in india and abroad it is one of the classics they study and um, i should say that i should recognize the contribution academic contribution that they made and uh, they have given me a copy and i really want to praise god for the small ways that our people uh, are impacting the the academic world as well anyway by that too let me come back to job's wife and job so job's wife had this very narrow view of god because that is her experience her experience of being born in a rich family of the sheikh and having every all lot of comforts in her life she probably grew up with this notion god is the bestower of good things job on the other way 
either from his knowledge or from his experience i don't know where he drew this idea from he says shall we not receive from god good things and bad things as well his view of god combines it is compress it is a composite of or a good reconciliation of two opposites in god and that is what the passage that we have today challenges us to think of god we have to transform our view of god in the light of what we see around us we shouldn't be blind we should not be insensitive god is speaking to us through our history through the world events through our own lives things that happen in our lives things that happen in others life right in front of our eyes we need to learn wisdom my focus today is on deuteronomy chapter 32 39 there was some of us you may know some of us you might have definitely found it really difficult to accept leave alone understand let me read that verse one more time deuteronomy chapter 32 39 see now that i hear the speaker is god see now that i even i am he and there is no god beside me i kill and i make alive i wound and i heal and there is none that get deliver me out of my hand this song this passage is part of a long song that god's servant moses composed in the book of deuteronomy towards the end of his life in a few months or few days he the uh, is going to die the next event the significant event that happens in the book of deuteronomy is his blessings and the account of his death moses writes these lines about god in the light of what happened in the history of ancient israel or the ancestors of ancient israel he is writing these lines in the light of his experience of god he lived 120 years he was 120 years when he died on the the peak called pisga on the land, in the land of moab for long 80 years he walked with god and out of that long 80 years of his walk with god 40 years he was leading a people more than 600000 people towards a new destiny or rather more precisely a destination a land that god had promised to him being the leader of this people for 40 years and listening to god and guided by god moses had immense experience of 
Yahweh, the God of Israel. And it is in these experiences he talks about, he sings about a God who wounds and heals, a God who kills but makes alive. Forty years of walking with God so closely to be called a man of God, a prophet of God, a man of after God's own heart, which way the Bible tried to explain, understand, uh, describes him. This God revealed to him different aspects of his character. And one character that he learned is, or revealed to him, is God reconciles in himself the two paradoxes, the two opposites. A God who kills and gives life, heals, sorry, gives life. A God who wounds and also heals the same wound. Moses has seen this God. Moses has seen God's provisions. When there is not a drop of water to be found in that parching desert, God asked him to command to the rock to release water. Have you ever seen water coming from the rock? That two, three months back, my friend called me. After he, he, he dug a well for the house that he is building somewhere here. And he hit rock. Desperate. So much money was spent. Then he started digging another. The diviners, the water diviners, probably misunderstood or misguided him. And he hit rock. Again. Second time. There is no water. Have you ever seen water coming out of a rock? No. But probably you have to deep, drill again. That my friend did. He drilled again and again and again until he hit water. But this is not like that. You see, this is not a underground rock. This is, a, this is some ragged cliff or something like that. That is very visible. In, um, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the desert. And he had to just command and water flowed. Moses has seen the power of God when the most impossible sources you have the make God makes possible things otherwise impossible. God, he has seen Quails raining all over the camp so that they can just take slaughter it and barbecue the quails. He has seen mana. He has seen healing. When the Israelites were bitten by some poisonous reptiles, God told him to raise a bronze serpent. He did that. And those who whoever looked up to the unto that up to that bronze serpent, they were healed. He has seen God's healing. 
At the same time, he also seen God slaying his people. Thousands in one stroke. When they rebelled. When they sinned. When they were overtaken by Achan. When they were overtaken by greed and disobeyed God. Moses has seen the loving face of God. And also has experienced the wrath of God as well. One song that we should sing, read, is a similar experience. This is not just the experience of Moses alone. But any, many of the, the saints of God in the Bible. There was a lady called Hannah. She was barren for many years. The other wife of her husband continued to ridicule her. She was barren. And if she dies barren, she will have nobody to bury her, nobody to weep over her dead body. She will have no heir in her husband's house. But the other wife of her husband continued to ridicule her. And in her pain, she went to the temple of God and prayed. And then God gave her a son. She had gone through that rough patch in her life. But she brought the son to the temple or to that, to that worship place sanctuary and dedicated the son and sang a song which you will find in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. The one who has seen the unpleasant, not so acceptable face of God has now a son to dedicate to God's service and a new robe that he, she brought for her effort. And every year she kept coming with, in, as her son grows with new robes every year. And she comes to God's presence and sings this song, which you find in 1 Samuel 2, 1 to 10. But I'm only going to read verses 6, 7. And it, she said, the Lord kills and brings to life. She brings down to Sheol death and rises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings law and he exalts. What an amazing revelation about God. That life taught her. He is a God who can kill, make alive. He can, he, he raises the poor from the, uh, uh, to be rich. And he can also make the rich poor. Moses, Job, Job, Moses, and Hannah agree on two things about God. One, the unity of God. What do we mean by unity of God? What we mean is that there is only one God. 
God said, see, in verse 32, verse 32, Deuteronomy 32, 39, he said, see now that I, even I, is an emphasis, am he, and there is no God beside me. He says, I wounds and I heal, I kill and I make alive, and it's me, me alone, there is no other God. He claims responsibility. He is responsible. He is not any other like other gods who shun their responsibility when bad things happen. He says, if bad things, what you call bad things, not bad things, what you call bad things really happen in your life, I am responsible. If good things happen in your life, yes, I am responsible for that too. And he also says something that deliverance from all that negative things that happens in, in, in our life is also my responsibility. That's an amazing revelation, isn't it? In the same verse, he says, verse 39 of Deuteronomy 32, and there is none that can deliver out of my hand. That means those who run to other gods or to other sources for help, they will not find help. When I wound, I can heal. But when I wound, if somebody goes to healing to somebody else, they will not be helped. Because nobody can deliver from my hand. He alone causes everything that happens in this world. Nowadays, I hear some preachers preaching that God did not allow this to happen. Sorry, God did not bring this upon us. God simply allowed it to happen. And they are trying to be very polite with God try to protect God's dignity and reputation, but God doesn't need your preacher, your support. He's a sovereign God. He can stand alone. He very clearly says everything that happens in this world, plus mine, negative and positive, good and bad, are my work. That's simple. But he also says, but we should not just go uh, out with, just go uh, with that. But he says, no, look, I'm in control. But if I wound somebody, if I have the power to wound, I also have the power to heal. If I kill, I have the power to make alive as well. If I destroy, I will build. So God says, see, the, it demands a complete trust in this God. There is no place to hide. There is no place to run away from this God who alone is God. 
That's what he said. Even I, I alone is God. There is no gods beside me. The second truth that these three great people agree and the entire Bible agrees is the sovereignty of God. The unity of God and then the sovereignty of God. What does that mean? What does, why do God kill in case? Because he can bring back Whatever is dead to life. The people I minister to, those who are, uh, I mentioned some, a person who is in his deathbed, 82 year old person. You know, he is in his bed, not waiting for healing, but ready to go home. He's not bargaining for extending his life. Because he knows that is not the end of the story. The story goes on. It may bring down the curtain now, but he knows the curtain will be lifted and a new scene in heaven will open. This is the a man who, when I was a young boy, probably in my early teens, who encouraged me and said, he was very young also those days. Probably he was in his 40s when I was in my teens. He told me, son, death is just changing the room. From one room that you sleep now, you move to another room that you sleep. Bedrooms. You change the rooms. There's nothing else. That he opened my eyes that day. And the other day when I visited him to pray for him, I reminded him of what he himself said. And he could not smile because he was too weak. He could not give me a thumbs up because he is just a skeleton. Can't lift his hands without the help of others. That sovereign power of God. That our God is a God. When he, sickness happens in our lives, he is also a, the God, same God, who can heal us too. We don't have to go to another God. We don't have to run to another system. I'm not saying that we should not take medical help. I'm not saying that we should not do our exercises. I'm not saying that, that these are not gods. They become gods when we are over-relay on them. But I'm saying, even going to a medical doctor, even going trying some other exercises, and anything to maintain our health is futile. Unless we trust in God, who is sovereign. So that recognition of that sovereignty of God. A third thing. This is what, where is hope founded? Christian hope is founded on this reality of God. Where he he says, claims the two opposites in him. Reconciles. I'm just struggling to get a proper word for that. Uh, reconciles the two opposites in one God. One God, the reason for two things, opposite things. But why he is? Because he is all-powerful. 
God, this is our hope. With this, so much of what we said now, we come to open our eyes to a new reality. That is, let me try to, I hope I am going to be precise in my use of choice of my words. God disciplines. That is the sum total of all that we learned today, but he never destroys. The God we trust is a God who disciplines us, but he never destroys us. Have you ever been, many of us urbanites are so detached from the realities of life? I don't know, at least, at least please see a YouTube video on a blacksmith. Maybe there may be one, I hope so. You know, I had, when I was young and growing up in the countryside, I had the opportunity to visit the blacksmith. A blacksmith that I knew, he will take a bar of iron with something to hold on, with the forceps, a long forceps. It cannot be called a forceps, something like that. And that bar, he heats it in his furnace. And it becomes so red hot. And it's not, he can't stand near the furnace also. You have to stay away from it and see it. And it makes it so hot. Beyond recognition. Even it may be losing its shape as well. Because it's going to liquefy soon. And that's so hot an iron. He dips and uh, he beats it to the shape he wants. And he dips it in a water, cold water. Leaves it, puts it in the furnace again, makes it molten, not molten, red hot. Beats it into a shape that he wants. Puts it in the water again, cools it. So maybe from 400 degrees Celsius to the room temperature. Then again to 400 degrees Celsius, back to room temperature. The blacksmith is sovereign over that little piece bar of iron. But at the end, he hands over me a knife, a sharp knife that I can cut the sweet mangoes and enjoy it. That's what Christian life is. That's the hope we have. When we know, when we go through the heat of our experiences that sometimes we can't endure, we hope, no, after this heat and so much of beating comes a day when I'll find a place on the king's dining table. Because our God is one, though he wounds, he heals. Though he kills, he brings them, brings that back to life. He is a God who disciplines, but never destroys. He builds. He may pull down sometimes our pride, our arrogance in when we are not humbling ourselves on our own. God will have to sometimes 
force us to be humble through painful experiences. But his promise is he will lift up the humble. Listen to God. Instead of running to other ways of solving our problems, when we have problems, come to the God. He will have a solution. But going to some other, finding some other solution is never going to solve our problems because we have to come to the maker, our maker. Only our maker can help us. He is our keeper. He is our helper. Like Psalm 121 says. Now, Moses doesn't stop there. That song in Deuteronomy 32 ends in a very jubilant note. That means this new reality that Moses tried to teach the people whom he mentored over 40 years, led over 40 years, to whom he spoke the word of God, to whom he spoke the truths about God, received the law for them. He ends his ministry with this song almost. There, there is another section of blessing. But he ends it with this great worship, a song of jubilation in verse 43. What is that? So verse 43 says, 30 to 43, Rejoice with him, O heavens. Bow down to him, all gods. For he avenges the blood of his children and takes vengeance on his adversaries. He repays those who hate him and cleanses his people's land. Rejoice with him, O heavens. That means everything, actually heavens is also a synonym for universe. He says the entire universe should join in this worship. This is a call to worship because our God is the creator, he is the sustainer, and he is the savior, redeemer, all rolled into one. It is this truth about God that gives us the patience in suffering. It is this truth about God that gives us hope in adversities. When the entire world is in despair and the entire world is hopeless, a believer in Christ, though they also go through adversities and problems in life, their face should shine brightly, radiating the glory of God. Because we have seen God and his face is shining upon us and helping us to radiate that glory back to the world. As the, the psalm that Ringus read, she highlighted one verse and I really thank God for that verse. In your light, we see light. 
in what he reveals to us. That is our worldview. That is the way we parse our problems and the issues in our world. That is how we take it apart and understand. But that new revelation of God should turn into praise. Jubilant praise. Confidently calling the entire universe to praise God with us. Will we ask God and ask also for me that we will be guided by this light, the truth of this light, that we will be wise, that we will be prudent. So John in this land with the light, he sheds on our way until we reach the eternal home. Praise be to God. God bless you.